Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the Kettlecast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the cast, we talk about the Hawks' 105-113 loss to the Charlotte Hornets. We'll talk about LaMelo Ball becoming the youngest player to record a triple-double in NBA history, and we'll look at Cam Reddish breaking out of his slump. Without further ado, let's get into it. Different city, same result. The Hawks lose to the Charlotte Hornets by eight points, this time a score of 105 to 113 after losing 94 to 102 on Wednesday to the same Charlotte team, but in Atlanta. While the scores ended up being roughly the same and the difference exactly the same, I thought these two games were very different. Um, After Gordon Hayward really exploded in the first quarter in Atlanta on Wednesday and set the tone for a 44-point career-high performance from Hayward. The Hawks did a much better job limiting Gordon in this game. He had 13 points, one rebound, three assists, was 6 of 14, only 1 of 4 from 3. And so the Hawks did a much better job of holding one of the stars of the Hornets down. Unfortunately, it was the rest of the squad that really did the work for the Charlotte Hornets. When talking about the performances in this game, you have to start with LaMelo Ball. The rookie guard for the Hornets set a record for being the youngest player to record a triple-double in NBA history. He finished the game with 22 points, 12 rebounds, and 11 assists, and maybe most impressively, only one turnover. He was kind of everywhere. LaMelo does not start for the Hornets yet, but he played just as much as any of their starters and was really just... Everywhere on the court, he does a good job at 6-7. He's able to get anywhere and get those rebounds. His shot was falling in this game. He was 9 of 13 from the field, 3 of 5 from three-point land. His three-point shot isn't there yet, and he took one super deep tray-like three, and he nailed it, Um, and he took a couple threes. I mean, for him to hit three of five threes is just pretty brutal, and honestly, his shooting performance kind of matched what, what happened for the Hawks this game. Charlotte shot... 40 of 77 from the field, that's over 50%, and they shot 15 of 33 from three-point land for 45%. When you compare that to the Hawks, 34 of 91, yeah, they the Hawks shot 14 more times than the Hornets and lost. 34 of 91 for below 40%, and 14 of 46 from three-point line. The disparities in those percentages just kind of show how the Hornets were able to take win this game. And in fact, it would have been a bigger blowout, but the Hawks did a very good job on the offensive boards to stay close. But LaMelo had a wonderful game. He was making his shots. He really did a good job also when he was attacking the basket. Uh, There's one drive in particular where he went at Clint Capella and was able to switch the ball into his left hand and make a layup. But the 6'7 guard had everything working, and the Hawks tried a bunch of different players on him. When, he was, when Trey was trying to guard him, um, Lamelo's just frankly too tall for Trey to guard. Uh, DeAndre Hunter had a chance, Cam Reddish. Everybody had an opportunity to guard Lamelo, and to his credit, uh, Ball played really well and really was um, the Hornets' guiding factor in this game. Caleb Martin had a really good game off the bench. Um, one of the two Martin twins, he hit six of nine of his shots, including three of four three-pointers for 15 points. P.J. Washington had a big game. Um, The second-year forward out of Kentucky was 7 of 11 from the field, had 22 points, 7 rebounds, and 6 blocks. Um, 
those blocks really show or are a reflection of the Hawks being unable to get things going towards the basket. Early in the season, Trey was able to get to the free throw line a ton, a lot on drives to the basket, and it seems the last few games he's just not been able to get the same calls and get to the free throw line as much as he did as at the beginning of this season. Early in the season, Trey had multiple games drawing 10, 14, 15 free throws. And against the Hornets on Saturday, he only drew three. I think P.J. Washington's six blocks sort of reflect how well the Hornets were uh, playing defense around the rim. And um, I think also Trey's low free throw attempts show an adjustment on how teams are defending him and also how officials are calling plays that involve Trey. He's still attacking the basket. I do want to say Trey was much more active in the game in Charlotte versus the one on Wednesday in Atlanta. I don't know what was going on with Trey in Atlanta, but he just didn't seem aggressive. And from the first quarter here in Charlotte, he was definitely be more being more aggressive on the defensive end of the ball. And he was trying to get into the offense a little bit earlier, but he still wasn't his same, him, his same self. He only ended up taking nine shots and, again, only had those three free throws. But um, the Hornets did a nice job against Trey and did not let him get to the basket and get his normal shots going. So um, we'll have to see what adjustments Trey makes to what would have been adjustments on both officials and how teams are playing him. But he didn't have his same game as he normally does on the offense, and I credit that to P.J. Washington getting six blocks. Um, Terry Rozier ended the game with 23 points. I think in a play that sort of really captured my feeling of this entire game is Cam Reddish was guarding the ball knocked it away. I think it was either Devontae Graham or maybe even LaMelo Ball. Um, the ball bounced away, but Hornets were able to get it, and as the shot clock went out, Terry Rozier hit a, just a wild three-pointer that really put the game out of reach in the fourth quarter. Um, so the Hawks played great defense, just couldn't finish the possession, and the Hornets had a just kind of ridiculous shot go in. And um, Terry Rozier was just nice. He had a bunch of steals. I think he had ended the game with four steals, but uh, – the Hornets had contributions from everyone up and down their lineup, and it really just showed that even when Gordon's not on, they were able to get a win and, in fact, be very efficient in the win, um, as reflected by their shooting numbers, and, and, you know, get a win on a back-to-back, which is going to be tough to do. So um, all credit to the Hornets on that one. For the Hawks, they had one really big notable performance, I thought Cam Reddish really broke out. He started the game again, not shooting the three ball really well, but he ended the game with 21 points, four of 13 from three-point land, six of 17 overall. Um, He was five of six from the free throw line. He had five rebounds and assists. He had four steals. I think that really, you know, Cam is all really engaged on the defensive side of the ball, and I thought the last few games he didn't get – credited with steals that he had so to see him in the game with four was huge but really good game from Cam Reddish especially one that he was coming off the bench Lloyd Pierce shook up the starting lineup by putting Cam on the bench and bringing uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich onto the starting lineup and I thought at the beginning of the game it did a really good job unfortunately part of the way through the second quarter Bogdan got a little tied up with uh LaMelo Ball in the open court and really looked like he hyperextended his knee um, in an injury that did not look good. I'm not a doctor by any means, but the injury just did not look good. Um, He rolled his ankle, and then he has a 
a sleeve on his knee already, and on that knee, I think it's his right knee, it just looked like it got bent the wrong way. So uh, immediately Bogdan went out of the game. Um, it was sort of disappointing because the Hawks were up at that point. They were up one point, but um, I thought Lloyd willing to change the lineup and Cam accepting that and really having a wonderful game off the bench um, was really encouraging. Almost more than him hitting his threes, I'm happy that Cam is continuing to take the three-pointers. Um, shooting 13 is a little much, and I think that was a little boosted at the end when the Hawks were still trying to get a win when they were down by you know two or three scores and, and they were just jacking up threes at the end. But to see Cam continue to shoot threes even when they weren't falling for him, especially the last few games, I think he was four of his last 24 coming into the game, um, just shows really growth for Cam and um, his engagement on the defensive side of the ball also he knows there are places he can provide worth for this Hawks team, even when he's not scoring. So that was really encouraging to see. Of course, it's another Hawks game. So we have to talk about DeAndre Hunter, the second year forward for the Hawks, played 34 minutes. He was 6 of 12 from the field, one of three on his three point um, attempts. He got to the free throw line seven times and made all seven for 20 points. He had eight rebounds, an assist, a steal, two blocks. I mean, DeAndre Hunter has just been the steadiest hawk this, so far this season and um, extremely encouraging for the second-year player, and there's not really a lot, enough, a lot to say at this point. He's just been very good, and he's just someone the Hawks really count on now. Um, John Collins had a nice game, 4 of 7, 1 of 1 from the three-point land for 12 points. He had 10 rebounds, 6 of them offensive. The uh, – Hornets really could not keep the Hawks off the offensive class. The Hawks ended up with 17 offensive rebounds. And John Collins getting seven shots is just not not acceptable. He needs to be shooting more than that. There are lineups when he is the five, and I want him to be taking way more than one three-pointer. I mean, he's such a good three-point shooter. He needs to be taking four a game, in my opinion, at, at the very least. He he walks into that top of the key three-pointer, and it just looks good every time, and he needs to be shooting the ball more than seven times. Clint Capella had another solid game, ended the game with 13 rebounds after having 19 in the game on Wednesday, nine defensive, four offensive. He was three of four from the free-throw line, much improved there, seven points. Um, Trey Young, as we talked about, he was five of 19. Um, he ended the game with 15 points, 10 assists, um, but just wasn't his normal self. He had he only made five. He only took five threes, and did not make any of them, and it had five three free throw attempts. Um, but Trey, his activity level was much better. He seems much more engaged in this game, and he was really trying to find his teammates. Getting back to that shooting percentage for the Hawks, you know, 34 of 91 for below 40%. It's one thing if the Hornets had been everywhere and, and really bothering uh, player shots, but I thought the Hawks' attempts, they had a lot of open shots they just didn't make. Um, and, you know, they got 46 three-pointers up. A lot of those were open three-pointers, and they just didn't go in for whatever reason. And um, I'm hesitant to just say that a game was decided purely by the shooting percentages, but the Hawks had so many open looks and good shots that didn't seem to go down. It kind of felt like that was the story of the night. Um, again, the Hawks lost Bogdan early in this game. No Gallinari, no Rondo. Uh, this was the first game that the Hawks had Tony Snell, Tony Snell available. 
He did not make his Hawks debut yet, but he, he was available, so that's encouraging. And we did see a little bit of Nathan Knight, but, you know, the Hawks, after really getting a lot of depth this offseason, are not getting to see a lot of production on the court from those players. Um, Solomon Hill came in and had a really good game after having a really poor game on Wednesday. He was 3 of 5, all of his shots coming behind the three-point line for nine points. Um, he He's just a veteran guy who's going to give you the same effort every night, which is something a lot of these young players can learn from. But, uh, you know, after not having Gallinari, not, not having Rondo, Bogdanovich going down, it just... Um, takes a lot of what was going to make this Hawks team different going into this season from last year and puts a lot of pressure on the young guys to continue their growth and play a lot of minutes. So um, I think it's important to remember there are going to be reinforcements coming up and that this spout of injuries just can't continue. It's a weird year um, and a condensed season, and so there are going to be injuries for everyone, but the Hawks have had a really bad spat of it with you know Gallinari getting hurt and then immediately getting hurt again in his first game back. Bogdan's had a little bit of injuries and then comes back in his first game starting and gets injured. And it's just, it stinks. Um, Kevin Herter had a nice game. He continues to shoot the three ball pretty well. He was 3 of 10 there. Finished the game with 11 points, 6 assists, 4 rebounds. He's really taken the shift to the uh, bench pretty well. I think him and Bogdan are very capable ball handling backcourt for when the Hawks go to that. But, uh, you know, the Hawks just were not able to get in this game. They actually led the game after the first quarter and um, did a good job. They were leading going in, you know, as far in the second quarter until Bogdan Bogdanovich got hurt. But then the uh, Hornets went on a huge 21 to 6 run in the second quarter. They really built a lead the Hawks were never able to cut, cut into. A lot of the second half was the Hawks hanging around. To the Hawks' credit, they never got down by a huge amount. They didn't do anything that like that signaled defeat early in this game, but they weren't able to cut a 10-point lead down to two. They had a couple opportunities to tie the game with a three-pointer, and after cutting it down to three, the Hornets built an 11-point lead, it seemed right away and it was it just seemed like there were a few bounces of the ball that went the Hornets way and the Hawks weren't able to capitalize on their open looks the Hawks have um, continued to be on the road and have a little bit of a tough schedule coming up but they do get a little bit of a break of playing the 76ers on Monday Um, the 76ers are coming off a game where they didn't have Simmons or Embiid uh, and the Sixers are have their own depth issues at the moment as well the Hawks have always played the 76ers pretty well so hopefully they'll be able to rebound against the 76ers and and get off this four game slide um after the game on Wednesday I was a little dispirited it just didn't seem like a very Hawks game uh it was good to see that team fight back and take the lead briefly in the fourth quarter but it just didn't seem that Trey was there and it was just a really weird game this one against the Hornets on Saturday I liked the effort so much better some of the shots weren't falling, and the Hawks didn't get the result they wanted, but it, the effort level was there. Some positives that I've been able to take away even during this slide, Clint Capella seems to be fully back. He's been able to play 30 minutes in all of these games and really be a force on the inside. I think the Hawks do miss him when he comes off the court. Um, to see DeAndre Hunter continue to play well has been really good to see, 
and hopefully Cam's good play from Saturday continues going forward, and he's able to see a couple ways that um, he's able to break slumps or still contribute to winning basketball, if even if he's not scoring. But it's always going to be disappointing to go on slides, especially early in the season, and especially after the Hawks started the season four and one. To go four and one, and then you know suddenly be four and five, it, it's it doesn't feel good, and um, until the Hawks get a win, it's going to continue to kind of be a bummer. But I think the Hawks will be able to turn it around, and hopefully we'll be getting Gallinari back. We'll get to see Tony Snell make his debut, and hopefully we'll get to see the rookie really soon. I'm really um, interested to see how Oneka Kongwu plays and what he adds to this Hawks team. But we'll be back at it on Monday, and we'll talk to you then. Go Hawks! Thank you for catching this episode of the KettleCast. You can reach me at KettleCast at gmail.com. And if you can leave a rating or review on whatever platform you use to get your podcast, that would be a huge help to me. Go Hawks!